What's with the fitting epidemic? Fit your ball, fit your clubs, get it all checked out. Is this really something amateur golfers need to be concerned with? And are there any pitfalls to getting fit for clubs? Let's tee it up. Welcome to Data Access Golf, your home for rapid golf improvement. And now, from the thin air of the Rocky Mountains, next on the number one tee, your host, Aaron Stewart. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Data Access Golf. Appreciate you being here. This episode is a little bit more of a public service announcement, if you will. The whole concept of fitting has exploded And now you've got people talking on the radio about becoming master fitters, which I don't really know what that means. Uh, Apparently, they've received a lot more education, and I I have no problem with education. I think education is a fantastic thing. But we have a lot of um, pressure being put on us to get fit, get fit for the right golf ball, get fit for the right shoes, get fit for the right clubs, get fit for the right shafts, everything. Be fit. Get fit. And if you're not fit, somehow or another, this is really, really bad for our game. Well, I was listening to the radio the other day, and the discussion was about who does fitting benefit more? Does it benefit the low handicapper pro golfer, or does it, or does it better suit the high handicapper's game? Who does it benefit more? And um, I had a kind, I have an issue. Okay, I have an issue with this, and it concerns me for amateur golfers. And so let me go about it that way. I'm concerned that, and I hope this isn't the case, but let's be honest. There's a lot more high handicap amateur golfers than there are low handicap amateur golfers. Is that fair to say? I mean, that's just common logic, right? We just all know that. That being said then... A larger target market for fittings would be, arguably, the high high handicapper. So these master fitters on the radio came back and said it obviously would benefit the high handicapper more than it would benefit the low handicapper. And I then that, you know, my head exploded. So I can get what they're saying and their arguments on surface seem to make sense, but we've got problems with with that. This world has become one where we kind of look for quick fixes. And so my concern is that some will believe that they can buy a better game, that they can go in and be fit for clubs that somehow or another cover up some of their egregious mistakes they're making in their golf swing, and then they won't fix those things, and they'll just cut off a couple strokes and be content with a horrible golf game and equipment that somehow or another masks the horrible golf game and their really bad golf swing. The problem I have with really bad golf swings is, one, you can't play consistent golf, which can be frustrating, but I also believe that there is undue pressure. The golf swing is hard on the body anyway. And if you're doing the golf swing wrong and you're putting undue stress on certain parts of your body, especially the lower back the, and the spine, then you are also at risk for injury. I worry that we've got a group of golfers who now have been convinced that despite their bad swings, 
they can go get fit, and then that's going to sort of cover up their scoring issues or at least make them better, and they're never going to address the fact that they have a horrible golf swing, and that's a problem. That seems to be society's sort of modus operandi right now, where we believe that there's quick fixes, right? There's um, antidepressants going out like crazy. Um, We tend to, there's a trend that I'm seeing in just my business. It used to be, we sell a lot of do-it-yourself technology solutions, and we're finding in our current market that nobody wants to do it themselves anymore. They would rather pay somebody else to do it for them. So they don't want to learn certain aspects of their business. Even these entrepreneurs, these especially these, these young entrepreneurs, they don't want to do it themselves. They just want to hire it out. And I, I worry that we'll look at the golf swing the same way. We don't want to work on our games. We don't want to do it ourselves. We'd rather pay somebody to give us some different golf equipment and cover up some of our mistakes rather than deal with them. And that's a problem because we're talking about a very difficult motion on the body. So if we don't have everything in good shape and we're not swinging properly on plane, there's a very real risk of injury. And then you can't play at all. So my advice, I believe personally that fitting is best suited for a low handicapper because chances are they've got their swing in a very good place And they are looking to improve on something that's already good instead of trying to cover up something that needs to be fixed. So yeah, that. so those that are very low handicappers, getting fit is going to make a difference. I don't know if it's going to change the score all that much, but it can. You can really dial in those numbers so they match up and and make you as efficient as possible. Now, with, with higher handicap players, I just... I just have that that concern, right, where you could go in and pay for a fitting and spend a lot of money on some really fancy shafts and clubs and all of that stuff. And it's basically just a Band-Aid. It's trying to hopefully shave off a few strokes when the real problem's your golf swing. And and let's say you do that and then you, you decide to work on your game and you get better. And, and if you get your swing from a, say, a kind of a two-plane or an over-the-top that really slows your swing speed down and you get it all on plane where you're, you're able to pick up some swing speed, now the flex of the shaft, that, that's probably not going to work for you anymore. It's not going to fit. Um, if they start, you can see a, if your swing's sort of really off and it's got a, a lot of weird adjustments to it, you can probably get in the wrong lie of your club. I had that problem for a while where mine were were bent definitely too upright for me and caused some real problems. And it was just the way I was swinging at the time. And once I fixed my swing plane, an upright, I was not going as upright into impact anymore because my swing is in a better place. And that caused some problems. So you can definitely have, I I would go in and make sure that, that your equipment that you have right now, how about this? Take the equipment that you have right now and go in and make sure that it's fit for you right now. If you're a high handicapper, right? Just to kind of see. And then if it doesn't, see what you can do to get some reasonable clubs that kind of work for you. I wouldn't spend a whole ton of money on on being fit into new clubs with, with super expensive shafts. It just doesn't make any sense. But after you've you've done that, and so you know that your clubs aren't going to hurt you. They're not going to put you in a bad place that they work for what, how you're trying to swing the club right now. Then let's, then let's fix the golf swing, right? Let's go get some lessons. Let's go work with a coach. 
let's go do something to get the golf swing in a better place. And then once your swing is on plane and in a better place and your handicap gets a little bit lower, say, you know, under 10, somewhere in there, then go in. And if you really want to blow a bunch of money on on being fit and getting all the best and the most expensive, then, you know, knock yourself out. But I, I just worry about people. It's one of the knocks on golf is that golf can get really, really expensive if you go in and buy the best of everything. And if you go in and buy the best of everything and you've got a poor golf swing and they're trying to fit everything to you to, to cover up a bad swing, you kind of make the problem worse. So that would be something that I, I, I am definitely worried about. So if you're thinking about getting fit, just take that into consideration. I mean, go and get fit and make sure your equipment's okay for you. But definitely look at your golf swing. Let's, let's fix what's really wrong and not try to cover it up with some kind of a Band-Aid from a club fitter who happens to be a master fitter. Um, and, and now they've been taught how they can best help you cover up some of the swing mistakes we're making. So anyway, just my thoughts on that. So uh, again, public service announcement. Hopefully that helps for everyone. Another public service announcement. Please don't wear white belts. You just look bad. You cannot play good enough golf to overcome the look of a white belt. So don't wear them. And if you want to join the fight on ridding the world of white belts, please visit nowhitebelts.com. Sign up there. We've got a contest that's been running all month. Uh, we'll have one winner. We'll, we'll pick that winner and we'll announce the winner on, Jul- on January 2nd to win a free good-looking mission belt of one of the approved colors, black gray and blue. That's it. And we'll send that off to whoever wins and we'll announce that winner on the January 2nd show. So until that, please go sign up, nowhitebelts.com and join uh, join the fight. Help us rid the world of, of this hideousness is my prayer. So thank you again for joining. Remember, better data always means better fitted clubs and better golf. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Data Access Golf with Aaron Stewart. Check us out online at dataaccessgolf.com and we'll see you on the next episode.